everyone, and welcome to Minute 24 of Season 5 of Move Our Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Jeanette Ward of the Adventures Mundane Fangirl of a... I'm just kidding. Of the Mundane Adventures of a Fangirl. Welcome back, Jeanette. That's me. I'm not, so happy to be here. Not now, later. <laughs> thank you very much for for, for coming back it's uh mm-hmm. it's been a fun week so far hopefully uh hopefully you're enjoying yourself hopefully people are listening and are enjoying themselves too uh we we know that uh carmine isn't necessarily enjoying himself right now but uh but john is john john's having a blast john's you know, he... got a plan now he's he's got it's got some things in motion he knows he's on his own he's gotta gotta handle this that's right he's got a hand on things mm-hmm. okay. uh. Uh, i see what you did there I'm glad you did. <laughs> so, um, episode 24 begins with John uh, trying to confuse the coroners and ends with Esperanza rubbing his aching, chained legs. Just like a good Django should. Um, <laughs> so, yesterday we ended things with, with John running after the coroners and trying to explain to them, you know, why he uh, why he's stopping them. He has a piece of paper and an ink pad in his hand. And he started by saying yesterday, all the confusion in, with all the confusion in there. And then he continues today by saying, I forgot to get this clown's prince. And then <laughs> he, he, he looks pretty grossed out by the, by, by what he's doing, basically. Um, you know, and then he like picks up the hand and he goes, ew, Christ. <laughs> A gruesome job indeed. Yes, and one of the guys uh, basically turns to him uh, and says, "You're supposed to do that at the morgue," which I, I think makes sense. You know, it, it sort of makes sense that that's where you should be fingerprinting people. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't, you, you know, you don't have to have morgue workers walking around fingerprinting uh, dead bodies wherever they find them. <laughs> you know, coming. Coming to a dead body near you, the the more guys are gonna actually come and uh, you know take your prints, <laughs> see what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. The does I don't think it works. Nah, that'd be good. But you know, I think it's also next time. It's it, these guys are gonna be really confused. Yes. <laughs> They're like, hey, but last time. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be at the airport next time with a dead body saying, where's the guy who's going to come print print these guys? Right. Aren't you supposed <laughs> to do this, you know, before we get to the morgue? That That's what that guy told us. <laughs> I don't know. Not too sure. Uh-uh. And basically, uh, you know, John John gives them a, I, I actually like the, what he says to them because it is pretty funny. Yeah. You know, because, uh, not anymore. Got a new SOP for DOAs from the FAA. <laughs> and honestly, nowadays you could add a TSA reference in there as well. <laughs> yeah, probably. I was expecting him to mention TSA, but as we've learned, TSA didn't come into existence until later. So, yeah, I, I, there's, if we've learned anything from movies, a sure way to create a distraction while you need to get something done is to throw a bunch of acronyms at at a. Uh, at a generic movie uh, standby. Yes, for sure. Because why else? You know, why would they even think to, of anything else? Mm-hmm. That that makes sense. <laughs> That's the way I these things like go. I do like that none of these, 
he, he doesn't make up any acronyms. These are all legitimate acronyms, but That's when correct. you say them all close together, you, you confuse people. Yeah, you got to give John credit for the fact that he's actually able to, you know, just on the on the fly, you know, bring these out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you got, I, I definitely give him credit for that. You know, just to quickly go, oh, it's a new SOP for DOAs from the FAA. You know, now I'm assuming you know what all these mean, right? So what's an SOP? Absolutely. Uh, SOP is a standard operating procedure. I tend to create them a lot for work. Okay, which makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's also, it's, it's a military term also, but it's also mm-hmm. used in, in offices. Uh, basically refers to the unique procedures of what's being mm-hmm. done in a particular uh, unit or or uh, section or whatever, you know, in a particular place. It's um, a how-to guide. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the use of the word standard, standard means that this is it. This is the one. <laughs> this is what we, we need, you know, nothing this else. This is how you do this thing. This is, this is what, this is how you do it. That's right. That's because it's standard. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then DOAs is dead on arrival. So that's, you know, when you get a corpse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then FAA, I believe, is the Federal Airline Association. Now, you know that there are other, well, let's go back to DOA for a second. You know, there, there okay. are other phrases for DOA. Okay. No, it also, no, meaning you have dead on arrival, but the same thing you could say someone is dead in the field or brought in dead. These are all terms that indicate that a patient was found to be already clinically dead upon arrival of professional medical assistance, Uh, often in the form of uh, first responders, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, EMTs or paramedics, firefighters, police, things like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I always, that that reminds me of, of, uh, you know, the the two movies called DOA. You familiar with either of them? No, I'm not. So there's there's uh, the the one that I'm more familiar with is the 1988 one with uh, Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan, where he plays a professor who uh, realizes that he's been poisoned and he knows he's dying and he has to the end of the night to figure out who poisoned him. Okay, all right. And you know Meg Ryan's a coed that he uh, that 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 he comes upon and uh, you know she helps him out to try to figure out. Uh, you know who it is that did it, and this is based on a film noir movie from 1949, which was also called DOA, which is a similar okay. thing. You know, I, I I've always liked Dennis Quaid 80s stuff, so you know, to me that was always a fun movie to to watch. And then obviously you have the uh, um, FAA, which is the uh, mm-hmm. Federal Federal Aviation Administration, which we've talked a little bit about over over the course of. Uh, over the course of this, this this show so far, you know, we, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just last week about the fact of of breaking regulations, breaking FAA mm-hmm, regulations. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to actually be known. Uh, the FAA was created in 1958, and it uh, it took over for the Civil Aeronautics Administration, the CAA, hmm. and it is now part of the Department of Transportation. Of course, that makes sense. Okay, so the 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 FAA basically has I think eight things that they're in charge of. So they they regulate U.S. commercial space transportation, regulate air navigation facilities, geometric and flight inspection standards. They in encouraging and developing civic aeronautics, including new aviation technology. 
issuing, suspending, or revolting pilot certifications, regulating civil aviation to, propose, to promote transportation safety in the U.S., especially through okay. local offices, developing and operating a system of air traffic control and navigation for both civil and military aircraft. Mm -hmm. What else did I do? Researching and developing the national airspace system in civil aeronautics. And the last thing they do is developing <laughs> and carrying out programs to control aircraft noise and other environmental effects of civil aviation. Huh. Okay. So yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty busy. <laughs> they are very busy. They have a lot to do. Yes. They are not people I want to mess with. That is correct. That is correct. Also, I want each of them to be operating at the very top of their game. Right. That's true. And while John is doing all this, while, while he's talking about this, he basically has taken uh, Cochran's hand and uh, has put ink on each of his fingers and is putting his, it looks like he's uh, fingerprinting the guy, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And then he's finished and the hand just stays there, right? <laughs> Has it been long enough that rigor mortis had set in with this guy? That was the question I was about to ask you. <laughs> okay. I don't think it has. Honestly, I thought rigor mortis took like eight to ten hours to set in. Please, please don't quote me on that. I have no idea if that's right. Right. Well, it said it says here that that it could take uh, as little as four hours after death. Well, all right. Do okay. we know how long it's been? No, we have absolutely no idea because it's basically his conversation with with. Uh, yeah. How long was know. he in Sipowitz's office? That's right. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> Not not really sure. They they never tell us because how long hand, he's in the hand, office, but that hand just stays right where he like it's ready for a high five. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that that's Cochran for you. He's ready for a high yeah. five. That's right. After getting his head split open, there there you go. <laughs> Always ready for a high five. Yeah. All right now they claim that that the rigor mortis usually lasts no longer than eight hours at room temperature. You know, so it, it does, it's not permanent. <laughs> well, that maybe that's where you got confused about the eight hours. You know, you were thinking about okay, that. Okay, there you go. Yes, all right. yes. Hey, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, John gives a, a little bit of dark humor here. And he basically goes, I don't think this one's going to make it. <laughs> so he disarms these two coroners with no, first way too many acronyms and then uh, a dark joke which i'm sure these coroners just love if i'm if i've learned anything from tv which as you know is the best teacher of course <laughs> it's the the coroners and medical examiners on all the cop shows they love dark humor yes they're all the the weird folks are always the ones in the basement with the dead bodies that's correct <laughs> and then john pushes the the hand down you know, <laughs> no more no more high fives for for cochran no, he's he's done with his his high five days are over. Yes, and then uh, we we get a shot of a a, a jet, an airplane. Yes, so uh, some really beautiful Photoshop green screen kind of plane on background stuff. Yes, from what I understand, these are models. That, that, oh, there I, you I, go. All right. I believe that's what uh, our our good friend uh, Rennie Harlan said on the commentary. I'm certainly not going to argue with Rennie. Yeah, I know that he he talks about the the Hercules is definitely a 
uh, a model that they use. So my assumption is, is that these are models too. Mm -hmm. I tried making out what the symbol is on the side of the jet. You know, but since Valverde is not a real country. I was going to say, is it know, the symbol of the country? And then I was going to ask, is it a real country? I don't remember. No, it's Valverde not. is not a, a real country. Uh, I talked about it uh, a few weeks ago, but the, the, all the different movies and TV shows that mention Valverde that are mostly all uh, Stephen D'Souza stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you apparently know, I, Predator, I Predator supposedly takes place in Valverde. Yeah. Mando definitely takes place in Valverde. There were a whole bunch of others. I don't, I don't even remember. I all like of them. that. If you, uh, you know, produce, write, direct, are involved in enough stuff that are going to take place in a similar environment, go ahead and make up a fake country and then use that over and over again. I think that's just smart and, and it, it provides continuity, but it also helps to suspend disbelief because the more people hear it in different things, the more they're going to assume it's real. That's true. Also. I forget what the the fake brand of cigarettes that pops up like in all the NBC TV shows. Like there's there there's that kind of stuff that, yeah, I like that. I think that's cool. Okay, that that makes sense. I I, I agree with you on that. So I I don't know if that symbol is supposed supposedly a symbol of a verde or maybe it's a I'm symbol sure of a real it's country. On the Valverde flag. I've never seen the Valverde flag. I've seen a. <laughs> I've seen a supposed map of Alberta, but I've never seen a uh, flag. So I can't tell you. I mean, it, it looks like an eagle. It, it actually looks uh, it looks similar to a Nazi symbol. Oh, great. Well, I wouldn't surprise if you me. Look at, look at, look at second, uh, do, do you have it open in front of you? Yeah, I got at it open. Hold on. Second 22. You second can see it. it. It looks like an eagle standing up straight, you know, with, uh, with this red symbol on its uh, chest. I don't know. It just it reminds me of some sort of Nazi symbol. Well, they they did love an eagle. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna assume that the eagle is the national bird of uh, Valverde as well. Some sort of a jungle eagle. It could be jungle Nazi eagle. <laughs> there you go. You know, why not? Why not? <laughs> of course. You know, quickly the, the, the jet moves away and the second jet moves away. And then we, we see the Hercules airplane just uh, flying on its own. Are you are you familiar with the C-130 Hercules? Have you ever seen them in movies I before? Not. I've seen I feel like it. when I saw this scene, I, I my brain went, oh, yes, of course, that type of large cargo plane. I, I accepted it. Right. Okay. There, there are like 40 different variants of the Hercules. Wow. It is the main tactical airlifter for many military forces around the world. Mm -hmm. And there are more than 60 nations that, that use them. Wow. It entered service in 1956. Jeez. Yeah. It is a chunky aircraft. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it became the, in, in 2007, it became the fifth aircraft that was able to mark 50 years of continuous service with its original wow. primary customer, which obviously is the U.S. Air Force. Yeah, of course. Okay. And it is the longest continuously produced military aircraft at more than 60 years. Well, when you get the design right the first time, you don't have to change it. That's right. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that's right. If it ain't broke, that's why sharks still look it. like sharks. <laughs> you get a shot of the, the pilot and co-pilot. Which I've always assumed that the pilot's the one on the right-hand side of the screen and the co-pilot's on the left, but uh, I could be wrong because I've seen oh, that's places. Interesting. Now, I always assume that the pilot is when I'm looking at the, the one on the left of my screen. The pilot's the guy with the mustache? 
Yes. Now, why do I assume that? Because then when you're in the cockpit, the pilot's the one on the left, on the right? That makes no sense. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. All right. I don't know. Mostly when I see in movies, you know, you walk into the cockpit and it's the guy who's on your left, which means if you're looking yes. into it, so it's the guy on the right. The guy on the right. You know, that's where yeah. that's where Captain uh, Over was was you know in, in airplane. <laughs> yes. yes. Over under yeah, under you're over. Right. You're right. That's yeah. Hmm. Very right. interesting. That's why I always assume that, but I, I could be yeah. wrong. You never know. No, um, I I think that you are right. I think uh, <laughs> Senor no, no, no Mustache would be the pilot. There you go. And his pilot would be the other one. Correct. Who notes that the escort has left. That's right. He goes, there goes our escort. <laughs> and then he, do you know Spanish at all or not? Like, do you understand I, what they're saying or not? I, Without the subtitles. Very basic, uh, yeah. It, <laughs> I need I, the subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> Certain words, but not enough that I right. don't need the subtitles. Right. Okay. There goes our escort. It doesn't matter. We're out of danger now. Why would they have been in danger? Danger of My what? Someone's going to shoot them down? Speculation. Are you ready for this pure speculation? Sure. Because they have the general on the airplane and they're trying to get him, extradite him from the country in order to get him to the U.S. to face trial, arrest, etc. My guess is that in his country, there are a bunch of people who want to free him. And so they had the escort because they were worried their transport was going to be attacked by his supporters. Why would they attack it if they want to save him? To free him. To free him. So they would attack the escort I, in order to I don't know if that's just a smart thing to, to attack an airplane. Listen, <laughs> I didn't say it was smart. I said that's what I assume is going on. So uh -huh. once they exit the airspace of, what is it, Valverde? Valverde. <laughs> Once they exit the airspace and they're like, okay, our exit, our escort's gone. Well, that's okay. We're safe now. We don't need to worry about them because we're on our way to the States. That's what I assumed. That's okay. entirely, as I stated, pure speculation. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so they, they are out of danger now. <laughs> and yes, then they're out the, of and then the guy on the right, whether he's the pilot or the pogo pilot says, we're safe all the way to the United States. <laughs> Yes, what I love about this, again, pure, pure exposition. What we have learned from this very short sequence is they no longer have an escort. They're on their way to the States. They are three and a half hours away. This clearly correct. establishes a timeline for the movie that we need. I love it. That is correct. Now, how far is approximately, if for a plane to fly three and a half hours, how far away do you think they are? Three and a half hours, and they're going to Washington, D.C., right? Yes. So, like, if we had a big map and we started in Washington, D.C., we need a three and a half hour circle around it via airplane. That is correct. I will tell you that from Milwaukee to Vegas is approximately four hours or to Los Angeles, four hours. So that being a four-hour circle, that's a real big circle. But if you put it on D.C. and then you do that circle, I got to tell you, are we assuming this is a South American country? Because that's too far out. Uh, maybe Central American, that would still be a bit of a stretch. Cuba or some island like that, more likely. Well, once again, it's fictional, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> there you go. So I, 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 the research I, I did basically says that it's approximately about between 1,000 or 1,100 miles, somewhere between okay. that. Okay. So I just did a quick search of what is, I, I went right in the middle. I said, what is 1,050 miles from Washington, right? So if you go southwest of Washington, okay, you would get to Baton Rouge. If you went west of Washington, you could get to Dallas, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Kansas City. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. both Kansas cities, obviously, or Omaha. Mm-hmm. Northwest of Washington is approximately Minneapolis. All right, three and a half hour flight. Mm-hmm. Then if you're flying south, which is the direction that they are coming from because they're traveling mm-hmm. north. Okay, so the answers that I got was is either the Bahamas, Havana, or Key West. So you, you were pretty close when you said Cuba. Uh, Cuba. There you go. That could be. That's my guess. Valverde is a fictional country sharing the island with Cuba. <laughs> or another <laughs> island right next to Cuba. Uh, it's very possible. <laughs> when I was doing my, my research, I actually made a, made a mistake and I said, what's three and a half hours from Washington? And they started telling me, okay, New York. And I'm like, it doesn't take three and a half hours to fly. And then I realized that I was I was looking at you know, how long it takes to drive. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A little bit of a problem. A little <laughs> bit of a problem. Right. So basically, that, that's the distance. They have three and a half hours, which also tells us that we now have three and a half hours of movie time that we need to, to waste before their plane will land in Dulles. Mm-hmm. Before things kick Which off. this three and a half hours is going to go by really quickly in yes. this movie. Um, yes. And then we get a shot of, of a watch. And uh, mm-hmm. next to the watch is handcuffs. Mm-hmm. And then it pans up and we see the face of General Esperanza. Who looks is this like the he's first time we sort of, see him in the movie? Remind me. It's the first time we really see him. We saw him on news footage okay. beforehand. Gotcha. Okay. 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 Yep. Now, do you know who the actor is who plays him? Uh, Franco something. Franco Nero, mm-hmm. who was born on November 23rd, 1941. He has 242 IMDb credits, but he is not a porn star like the woman we talked about the other day. That you know of. As far as, well, no, based on the, the, the movies that he's been in, you know, it doesn't sound like it. Um, his, the, the thing that, that put him on the map was his role as the original Django. Okay, oh. back in the 1960s, which was a, a spaghetti western, because he himself is Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. then he had a starring role in Camelot in 1967. Uh, he was Lancelot. Okay. Uh, and in that movie, he met Vanessa Redgrave. And they started a relationship on and off that has lasted 50-something years. Oh. I, I saw things also that he had dated Goldie Hawn at some point in the 70s or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. he has a child with uh, Vanessa Redgrave. They have, they have a son who is, I think, a director. Interesting. They officially only got married in 2006. I was surprised to see that he was also in the movie Force 10 from Navarone from 1978. Where okay, he played the Lescover, which was that, that was a uh, Harrison Ford film. It was it was also with Carl Weathers. It was mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. a very poor sequel to The Guns of Navarro. Ah, so, okay, okay. Yeah, and he was also he played the the main villain in Towers at at Munich, which was mm-hmm. all about the hostage situation at the Munich Olympics. So he played yes. Isa, the the okay. main bad guy there. And then you know we, we 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 we're supposed to sympathize a little bit with him. You know, here he is sitting in this. Uh, in this plane, we see his legs are also chained. He reaches mm-hmm, down mm-hmm. and you know rubs his legs and says, "These chains hurt." Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there's always reason to to sympathize with with someone in chains. Um, yeah. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much all I have to say about the the spin. Yep, I like uh, them stating the three and a half hours clearly, and then him looking at the watch. It 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 reinforces to the audience, pay attention. Three and a half hours. That's right. You're like, okay, got it. That's right. I got it. Understand. 
That is correct. So the script has a, a little bit of a difference in there's some discrepancies here in the way that it, way that it uh, plays out. So the morgue worker says to John, what are you doing? And John is, is starting to fingerprint and he goes, didn't you ever have an airport stiff before? We need an FAA ID on your DOA. Says he presses the fingers against the paper, checks them, the hand he's, he's released remains straight up. McLean says, yep, he's dead. All right. Thanks. And he's gone as they look after him puzzled. Okay, then it says exterior shot of a Valverde military transport in flight during the night. Cruising along its fighter escort a few wingtips away. Now the fighter wags its wings and peels away. The camera moves from the cockpit back through the rest of the plane, the co-pilot. And so then it has Spanish here, so I don't really uh, know what it says here. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Apparently the, the script writer knows Spanish, so therefore you put it in. But it it it's pretty much the same thing. It talks about three and a half hours because I see it says uh, Trejos Yemedia and uh, something Escorto. So apparently our escort is gone. You know, it, may, it makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it looks. Then then it it says the the camera pans and we see Esperanza looking astonishingly carefree. Oh. Yeah. And that's how that minute ends. So huh. yeah. Every Thursday we have a segment called Aviation Thursday where my guests will yeah. give their top five movies that take place in an airport or in an airplane or something something related to aviation. Plane-related movies. That's right. Plane-related movies. Well, I, I got to tell you, this this was tough because there's a lot of them, right? <laughs> and so this is another one where it's hard to narrow down. I did come up with a top five. Um, Always bet on black. Uh, that is, that is in there. That's right around. And ironically, tied five six like Air Force One passenger fifty seven are right at five and six for me. So I'll say passenger fifty seven. Air Force One, fantastic, of course. Snakes on a plane, barely missing the top five for me. Okay. Which is a movie that delivers on a promise. Snakes on a plane, that's exactly what you get. You can't argue with that. Number five, passenger fifty seven. Just Wesley Snipes dieharding on a plane. That's okay. all you need. That's right. Um, there's a lot of non-plane action in that movie that you forget about. Uh, so there's a lot of plane action and then a lot of non-plane Correct. action. Now, you, um, I, I must say that, that you know, in our conversation six months ago when we did Die Hard, you also brought up Passenger 57, and you got me to rewatch yes. it. And I rewatched it, and I yes. enjoyed it more than I did before. Um, I, I still haven't written a review. It's one of those uh, hundreds of reviews that are still waiting for me to do. But it, it, it keeps – I keep seeing it, and I keep saying to myself, i got to write that review. So it, 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 it's coming. It's coming. It's, it's a, I joined uh, Jay on, for the Con Air podcast. That's did, right. Like, a spin-off, I loved, uh, I loved your, your episode on that one. That was a great episode. You, it's it's a movie that, again, you, you don't need a ton if if you can be entertained for a solid 90 minutes. That's it's right. Great. No, even less. It's less than 90 minutes from what I remember. That's right. Like 83 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Number four. Uh, and I mentioned, yeah, I mentioned Air Force One. That's good. Number four, I have Red Eye, uh, which is a movie with Killian Murphy and Rachel McAdams. I actually just saw that for the first time a few months ago, and I really enjoyed it. I like it. Again, very tight, very small, very fast, quick, right to the point. You get what you need. It's it's entertaining. I like it. Yeah. Um, three, this it could be Con Air, but I also have an executive decision. I'm putting executive decision in there. Um, which is a Steven Seagal movie featuring the slightest amount of Steven Seagal that becomes a Kurt Russell movie. That's great. Um, with Halle Berry, John Leguizamo, it's great. Very entertaining. Um, good, good flick. And then we have, let's see, number two, and this is a surprise, from this year, Plane, with Gerard Butler and Michael Coulter. Really? I didn't like that yes. so much. I'm not a fan of that I one. I loved it. 
very, again, straightforward. <laughs> Here's a plane. There's a bunch of people. It's gone down. Now he's got to rescue the people and get back on the plane. Okay. Great. Fair enough. I love it. 90 minutes. Get in, get out. <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, number one, I wanted to put Hot Shots, but it's more of a, it doesn't feel as much plane movie as airplane. And so I figure because they're both Zazz movies, I'm going to put airplane number one because, my goodness, there's there's so much in that movie that there's something to entertain everybody. Um, Leslie Nielsen, I think, is the best part for me, but everyone is fantastic. I I am serious. <laughs> Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> that I, I and that's how I got this drinking problem. It just splash on yes. the forehead. Come on, fantastic. For joke. sure. Um, all of it. The bit about the the red curb at the airport is for unla- unloading and loading, and no, the white the curb red is zone, for loading the and red unloading. Zone. Exactly. All of that is brilliant. Um, <laughs> uh, God, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Bridges, Lloyd Bridges. Yes, Ooh. fantastic. I sure picked a bad day to, to 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 quit smack. Every scene, <laughs> every scene, he's fantastic. It, it's just, it's perfect. A um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. <laughs> All of that movie is great. Um, so yes, Airplane would be my number one movie. I I like Hot Shots better, but it's less of a plane movie than Airplane. Okay, I understand that. I understand yeah. that. I mean, and again, the part of Hot Shots that I like is is still Lloyd Bridges, and and so I think that it, it perfectly translates to saying airplane is yeah. Yes. Okay. There you go. That makes sense. All right. Great. So you want to once again tell us where we can find where people can find the Jeanette Ward. Yeah, absolutely. Check me out there on the Instagram um, at j.y.ward, and then I'm on Twitter and I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm not on TikTok because I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you can also look up my belly dance troupe if you want to see some videos for us. Um, go ahead and check out our YouTube. You can just go to YouTube and search for Tamarind Belly Dance, and you'll find a bunch of videos. We got some upcoming shows. You can check us out on our website, tamarindbellydance.com, uh, and you can find my movie reviews, which are you know, I'm behind. I need to catch up on some of those because I've I've been traveling. So um, jwardadventures.blogspot.com. That's where you'll find me. All right. Excellent. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Your Up Minute. You can find me on Facebook, find me on Twitter, or you can go directly to my website, moveyourupminute.com. So, Jeanette, you feel like come back in tomorrow? Not now. Later. (laughs) (laughs) Yippee-ki-yay. I will be here. All right. So, until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, Quaint little villages here and